We are part of the glorious church. And uh, others need to be part of the glorious church, right? The whole world. And it's not a membership type of thing, like just joining up. It's people who are saved, people who have given their life to the Lord. And it is a wonderful, wonderful thing because really the glorious church, we've said this before, is made up of people that have eternal life. People who have eternal life are absolutely clean by the blood of Jesus. They're, they're in right standing with God. They're totally accepted by God, not on their own works or their own merit, but by what the Lord did for them. Amen. That's super important. And we need to remember that. And we've looked at different things about the glorious church. And we're going to look at one today that the glorious church is a church of faith. A church of faith. Well, that may not make sense to some people. Uh, but as we read some different verses, it'll kind of clarify what I mean that the glorious church, the church that the Lord is coming back for, the church that belongs to the Lord, is a church that is a church of faith, a church of trust that lives by trust. So we'll read Romans, the first chapter will be the, the first verse about this glorious church being a church of faith or a church of trust. And uh, these scriptures that we look at today and how they're put together uh, will help us so much. Uh, and, and sometimes, you know, you can pick up some bad habits, you know. Anybody watched like any of those uh, singing shows that are on TV. You know, American Idol was on for years. I knew, I think it's still on. But they, if you ever watch some of the, you know, the contestants or whatever, uh, they'd say, oh, wow, you got a great voice, but you've picked up some bad habits somewhere. Anybody ever heard that on there? And uh, they'll say stuff like, you're a little pitchy, you know, or they used to say stuff like that. And you picked up bad habits because they were singing in, you know, karaoke or wherever they could. And, uh, you know, their audience wasn't critical. Not that we want to be. And they might have been half drunk. And so then, you know, it's like everybody's beautiful and everybody sings great. A different story, a different sermon. But you know, they you know they'll say, well, you picked you picked up bad habits on the way. It wasn't that their voice was absolutely bad. It had fundamental things that were good, but they picked up some bad habits. And you know, Christians, if they're not careful, can pick up bad habits. So they're like, I've been telling this person that's a bad habit. Maybe not the habit you're thinking. You with me? And we're going to talk about this because there are some bad habits we can pick up if we're not careful. You with me? And so some of us are going to have to get rid of some this bad habit if we're doing it. So it's like, I'm not sure. Let's see what it is first. You'll want to get rid of it. Romans 1, verse 16, it says this. It said, I am not ashamed of the gospel or the good news. That's what gospel means. The good news of Christ. So the message of Christ, this good news, he said, for it is the power, the ability of God to salvation, or to get people saved, or make them children of God, to give them new life, to make them whole, to cleanse them. He said, and it's for everyone, and it happens to everyone who believes. 
the Jew first and also to the Greek. Basically, for the whole world. Jesus came and originally preached to the Jews, and the apostles started there. But even Jesus said, even though we start here, we go to everybody in the world. Everybody needs to hear the good news about Jesus. And so we're starting here, but we're going everywhere, and it's for everyone. And anybody who, what? Believes, gets in. Everyone who believes you know, accepts this, receives this, gets in. Right? That's how we get in. And then it goes on to say, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed. In other words, in this good news of Christ, righteousness, which is a term we don't use, so it's good to use other words, our good standing with God. Our cleansing and being clean before God is revealed. That's good news. Because, see, before this, everybody that tried to keep the law, all it did was show, you're not good enough. This message is good news because He makes you good enough. He makes you clean. He makes you new when you receive Him. Something changes inside. Now, you can be... Uh, if, you're, if you don't continue in what we're talking about, this faith thing, you can get clouded in your thinking and think, this is the habit you got to get rid of. My good works are what make me accepted. And when I miss it, I'm not quite as accepted anymore. No, notice he said, this message, the introduction to walking with God living with God, being made new in Him, and becoming His child is simply by faith in Him. In this message, our good standing is revealed. Not, not in you, in the message of Christ is your good standing with God revealed. That's how you know about it. Not by your deeds, but by Him. And it happens... A good standing happens, and being made new happens by trusting in Jesus. Notice this. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. So it's an ongoing revelation. Not just an introduction of good standing. It is something that we know from faith to faith. As we live by faith, and we walk by faith, we realize we're in good standing by Jesus, by Him. Tomorrow, if I don't do everything perfect, I, I keep my trust in Him, I'm in good standing. It's revealed by my trust in Him. He said, notice this, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Notice what it didn't say, the just shall get saved by faith, and then, after that, anything goes. Remember I said, there might be a bad habit you may need to get rid of? The just get saved by faith, but then the just live by faith after. They live by faith after. They trust the Lord. They trust His Word. They express His Word that it's so in their life. They feed on His Word. Are you with me? 
Because why? Because we don't just get saved by faith. We walk by faith. The Bible said, the just shall live by faith. This is how we live. We don't live by good works. We can have good works, and we should have good works, but we don't live by those things. We don't get our good standing by those good works. Those good works are the result of you being made new and just living out the nature you have in Christ. It's the expression of who you are in Him. Those works are not making you in good standing. Hallelujah. Because by the works of the law, the Bible said nobody will be declared righteous and in good standing with God. That means you keep all the commandments. That's not how you do it. Notice this in uh, Matthew 4.4. Actually, I think I'm going to read this backwards. Not the verse, how I have the order. Galatians, now we'll go to Matthew 4. You guys are already headed that way. Don't want to call you back. It's like, you know, I've stopped on the trail, let you run ahead. No, come back, we'll go this way. People be breathing hard by the time they turn to Galatians, right? So we don't want that. Matthew 4, 4, it says, But he answered and said, It is written... You know what's interesting? Jesus lived by faith. And it's often he said, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Our walk with God, once we get saved, and as we, you know, when we get saved or give our life to the Lord, and then after is a spiritual walk. And we live it not just by natural means, but by spiritual means. That's what it means to walk by faith. And the basis for living by faith means you're going to have to live by the words of God. You're going to have to trust the words of God. You're going to have to trust if He said, I cleansed you. You're going to have to trust if he said, I made you whole, you're whole. You're going to have to trust. Well, how, where am I going to get my trust? I'm going to get it by the word. If I want to live just natural, then I just eat bread. You understand what I mean by that. You know, like French toast, English muffins. No, not natural bread, but natural food. He said... Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. So for the Christian life and to walk with the Lord, and if we're going to live by faith, then it's going to be because we're doing it based on what He said, and we're going to be trusting. We're going to be relying on Him. We're going to believe what He said. So we're going to have to know what He said. Are you with me? And so here we go. Galatians, the third chapter, the other verse we were going to look at. Galatians 3. So if we're to walk by faith, faith is not abstract. It's always based on the written truth of God. Faith, we know, comes by hearing the Word of God. And so that's why, I mean, you think about the, 
the power in that word. Uh, if you want to live a natural life, just go by natural means and eat and do everything else that life has to offer. But if you want to live by spiritual means, you're going to have to go by the words that proceed from God. That's where people get saved. And then we don't just get saved and become His children and walk that way. He said you proceed the whole rest of your life as a believer living the same way that you got saved. By faith. Believing something. Trusting. The first miracle you had is not the last miracle God wants you to have. And here's the thing. The first miracle you did not deserve. You were guilty as all get out. Flat guilty. You were a dog. You know what I mean by that? You did not measure up. And the only reason you got in good standing, as a matter of fact, the law, if you tried to keep it, just showed you weren't perfect enough. You didn't deserve it. Every miracle after that needs to be received the same way. If you start mixing in with it, I'm good enough. How come it's not happening for me? I'm better than her. I'm better for them. Or you flip the coin and go, man, I haven't been doing good enough. You have adopted a bad habit. You have adopted a bad habit. Relying on yourself, on your own merit, and you've moved away from the just shall live by faith and walk by faith, and you have gone to the place of, I got saved by faith, but now... Am I good enough? No, you're only good enough by faith. By His gift. So then that means you qualify for what He paid for. By Him. You know, it was even written to one church, he said, after hearing stuff like I'm talking, he said, what then, should we continue in sin then? He said, how can we continue in sin? Because now, with this new life, our nature is dead to sin. It goes against who we've been recreated to be and are. And so Galatians 3, they had run into this problem where they had started living this life by faith and walking by faith, and some people had come along and kind of started pushing, are you working hard enough or do you qualify? And they quit walking by faith. And boy, he didn't massage them to make them feel good when he brought this up. Pastor, I need to talk to you. All right. And then the first words I say to you, you fool. <laughs> you fool. <laughs> Wait a minute. I didn't come here to get beat up. <laughs> to get whipped. You fool. You know, or I go to somebody and say, hey, can you give me some advice? The first thing they say is, you fool. Could we just skip that? And you know why he called them? He starts off Galatians 3.3. 3. He said, are you so foolish? But don't worry, he was stronger in verse 1. Oh foolish, Galatians. 
Why was he calling them a fool? They picked up a bad habit. You're a fool to pick up bad habits. And you would be gladly called a fool to get rid of this bad habit. Because this bad habit will make you feel guilty all the time. Feel like you don't weigh, you don't measure up enough, you're not good enough. I'd be gladly called a fool to get rid of this. You with me? I'd be gladly called a fool. Yeah, I was a fool. As a matter of fact, Paul writing in the first chapter, he said, you know, that he, they played the hypocrite. They were fools, basically, because they were doing certain stuff like this. So don't think, hey, we're the only ones, or you're the only one, or someone you know is the only one. we got to be careful to realize we live this life in trust. We start by trust, and we need to continue living by trust in Him and what He did. And so he starts off their counseling appointment with foolish, foolish, foolish. Having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? Let me read it in a different translation. Are you so foolish after starting by means of the Spirit? Now this is, what does he mean started? He's basically saying, when you became a believer, you started by means of the Spirit, or a spiritual way. You started a spiritual way. The spiritual way they started was they started by putting their trust in the Lord and what the Lord said. Isn't that how everybody starts? Yeah. Yeah. In other words, not by works. We recognize nobody can get saved, so we tell them the good news of what was already paid for, and then we tell people, it's free, and it's good, and it's good news because God will put you in good standing. And so that's how we start. We say, I believe that, I receive that. And then all of a sudden the Spirit does the work in us, right then on the spot, and makes us new inside, not on the outside. But it'll show up even in your countenance. And he said, he said here, are you so foolish after starting by means of the Spirit, in other words, you started out by living by faith, trusting in the Lord. He said, are you trying to finish your life by means of the flesh? See, what had happened was they started to try to work to be good enough. Everything they deserved was, you know, if we're good enough. If you read on, he said, people who try, just right after this, people who try to be good enough and to get things from God based on their good works and keeping the law, he said it puts them under a curse. And then after a few verses later, he said, you put yourself under that curse, but Christ has already freed you from that curse. But you don't get it by trying to be good enough. Now, this isn't a message like, yeah, just go do whatever. No, we have a new nature. But the just are to live by their trust. And he said it's a foolish thing to start off as a believer, uh, you know, and start off in this new life 
in a spiritual manner of receiving the message and then later on trying to get rid of guilt and shame by being perfect. And man, if I didn't miss it, I'd be accepted and I wouldn't be, feel guilty. People are going to miss it. Some, in what, some might think a big way. Some might think a small way. But the way you're going to live this life is to trust His blood has cleansed you. But here's the thing. All areas of the life that we have in God are to be lived by faith. Are you with me? And when he said the just live by faith, and remember he said having begun in a spiritual manner, are you perfected by a natural manner? And we recognize that he said man won't live by natural manner, but by spiritual manner. Words that come from God. People trusting the words. We don't quit trusting God's words after we receive Jesus and He made us right. You don't need to be made right again. You are right. But if you're not taught right or you don't think right or we adopt a bad habit along the way, we'll think, well, maybe I'm not good enough. Because everybody can see their own faults. Anybody ever notice that? You get to see your own faults. I mean, I'm watching too. No. No, we, I may not even see your faults, and I might have an opinion like, woo, look at them. They're so shiny. You know what I mean by that? That is so good. And that same person can go home and look in the mirror and see themselves and go, oh, you're not quite as shiny. But look at Pastor. He's so shiny. And I'm looking at you going, they're so shiny. You know what I mean? And thinking, well, look at these little areas. Because you can have, no matter how good you do, there might be things that you're like, I could do that a little better. Or, and you look at that, but you've got to realize this. Sure, we might be able to do things better and, and live different, but our trust in Him makes us in good standing. And really, if we're going to live an overcomer life, we need to realize we've been set right by Him, not by our deeds, and that we can live in victory in anything, in all areas, this same exact way. And this is the way you live. In other words, not only did He make me new, but I'm free from sin. I can trust that. But what about the fact that I did sin the other day? I'm dead to sin he has cleansed me. I'm in good standing. I can live this life in a victorious way. But it's going to take living by faith and not by natural means. Not just willpower. But willpower is important when it comes to faith because you can set your will to trust what he said. You with me? And you can say, I trust that I'm clean. I trust that I'm new. Are you with me? Not that you confess, oh, you know, whatever, but you do need to declare, I am clean. But how? You started it with the spiritual means, and that spiritual means was like this. You had introduction to Scripture from somebody that told you what God already did for you. You believed that, and then you declared it, and the reality started coming into manifestation in your life. It started to become real to you. Something changed immediately in you. Are you with me? And we got to not only start this way and think about this. I'm going to read Galatians 3 again. 
verse 3. Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit or in this spiritual manner, are you now being made perfect or literally mature or developing in your walk by the flesh? Uh, the answer to this question is negative. That's not how you progress with God. That's not how you just flat trust His word. You begin to believe it and you begin to declare it and act. I'm going to read a story here in the Bible, a, a true event in Luke 5, about a man who was introduced to Jesus. And in the beginning of his introduction, uh, Luke, Luke 5, verse 1. He got an introduction to who Jesus was, but he got an introduction to living a life of trust and faith. And uh, this dude was about as imperfect, and it's so cool that all his imperfections are written in the Bible. Because then you recognize imperfections are not always a disqualifier. You know what I mean? And, and one thing that's cool is you can read all the heroes of faith in chapter 11 in Hebrews, and you, if you go read their independent stories, they, they all, for the most part, had some failures. But what's so cool is there's not a reminder of their failure in everything they did. And they all got awesome results. Amen? Why? Because... People who trust God are put right by God and are right by God, not by themselves. Because we don't have the means as a human being to be good enough. Uh, even though we have new life, we're not going to be perfect enough to be perfect before God and have eternal life in good standing. Everybody okay? Luke 5, verse 1, it says, So it was, as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. There's a huge crowd around Jesus. And so, and he saw two boats standing by the lake, verse 2, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to, put out a little from the land. And he sat down and he taught the multitude from the boat. Verse 4, And when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we've toiled all night and we didn't catch anything. Uh, nevertheless, though, at your word, I'll go let down the net. And when they had done this, they had caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. Verse 9, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees and said, Depart from me, I am a sinful man. So the Lord said, All right, I'm out of here. No. Because you are a dirtbag. No. No. For he and all 
who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken, and so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. So he had this business here, and Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. Verse 11, So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. This is his introduction to following the Lord and his beginning of walk with the Lord. And it's real interesting that the beginning of his walk started like this. He had been working all night long. He had been working the night shift. Working away. He's finishing up his things. You know, have you ever worked the night shift? And then you get done and you kind of have to do your closeout stuff. Anybody ever been there? You clean the dishes. You restock. Whatever it is, you kind of close up the books. Whatever it is. And you're finishing up. And this is him. He's been fishing all night. He's now out of the water. My boat's parked. My nets are being rinsed so salt's not all over them or whatever and mended. And he's been up all night. I would think if you were up all night, you're ready to go hit the, hit the hay. So that's appropriate back then because they probably had hay. So you're going to go home, you're going to get some sleep, and your introduction to Jesus and living with Him is you don't get to do it your way and it's not always convenient. <laughs> but sometimes living by faith is not always convenient. And so He said to him, uh, Peter, you've been up all night, it's time to go to church. I don't know how long Jesus taught, but he said, but he said come and uh, I want you to give me your boat to use. And then you're going to paddle me out there and uh, you're going to have to keep me positioned while I talk. So if you're on the front row, what if you were on the front row? Peter was on the front row trying to position Jesus while he's preaching. Everybody's looking at Jesus. You don't want to be the guy that, that, that's in the video. with you're, you're falling asleep in the boat. You've been up all night, and he's saying, hey, come, serve, give, do this. That, that's what happened. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, he walked down the street, and he's like, hey, I see your boat. And he's like, yeah, I was just getting ready to go sailing, Jesus. No, he's been working, and this is a fishing boat. And because we trust the Lord, and people who trust the Lord really uh, make life decisions by putting the Lord first when it's not convenient. That's part of trust. Trust is not just about when we feel like it, it's when we know what's right, we do it. And convenience is not a prerequisite to trust. Oh, I'll do that. Well, if it's convenient. No, no convenience. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's not. He was learning a lot this day. And he realized if he's going to trust the Lord, he's going to have to obey the Lord. 
And it's interesting this, he was willing to do everything. Trust is willing to respond appropriately to whatever the Lord says. And if you notice, part of the time, he even had conflict. He said, I've been working at this all night. You're wanting me to do this now? After I've worked all night, and then I had to go leave all my stuff behind, and now you asked me to give, and I've already given. Then you told me paddle out and sit here and listen to church service. And now that we're done with church, we're going to do something else? Because this was like church. You mean I got to stay after? And then you, a carpenter, are going to tell me how to fish? Here's what you got to remember. If you're going to live by trust and you're going to live by faith, it's not always convenient. It's not always on your terms, but it's on God's terms. And it doesn't maybe always look like it's paying off. But every step with this was a step of obedience. And there was some struggle there or some conflict because he said, we already did this all night. But, But faith always agrees with God's word. So he expressed his belief, even though he kind of had a little struggle here. He confessed his belief and he said, nevertheless, at your word, I'm going to act. And then he declared something and then he went and he acted on it. His faith was simple. He he didn't have to be a rocket scientist to to have his kind of faith. And we can see he definitely was not a rocket scientist. Thank God that we can all be in that line, unless you're a rocket scientist. But uh, it was simple. If the Lord says it, I can believe it, even though my, but I've been already trying this all night long. And that must have been the best time to do it. Are you with me? Even there are certain fish, uh, like catfish, a lot of times people fish at night for them because it would seem that a lot of times it's better to do that. There's a fish called a burbot, and people will fish for those at night, period. You can go get other fish, but then you wait till dark to catch these burbot. What if you were a fisherman and you knew burbot are caught in lakes, not around here, at night, and some carpenter guy shows up and says, after you fished all night and you're ready to go home and you've packed up camp, and then he said, listen to this sermon. By the way, now that you've done that, go catch a burbot. We do that at night. And then he caught more burbot than ever. Because they trusted. Notice this simple thing about faith. This is why you have to realize if we're really going to live this life, it's not going to be by natural means, natural bread, natural stuff. It's going to be by the words of God. So we're going to have to get acquainted with the words of God. And we're going to need to really pay attention to those words or we could pick up some bad habits. We're going to have to recognize we enter by faith and we're in good standing. And, you know, there are scriptures that say things like this. You've been qualified to partake of all the things. But you're not qualified to partake of them by your good works. And I'm not downing good works. Good works are appropriate and they're right. But they're they're not the first thing. They're a follower. 
You know what I mean by that? In other words, I lift things because I have arms. You with me? It's a result. I do those because I'm new in the Lord. Everybody okay? But I, the way I walk in all these other things is because I believe the truth and the Word of God that He said He gave me authority. That, that healing is ours and that freedom from sin is ours and, and we're not guilty and that God doesn't condemn us. And therefore, i got to believe that in the face of everything else like with him, when it's not convenient or the conditions don't seem to be set right, I got to trust it now. And then when I trust it now, I need to express and begin to act like it. When I've eaten the bread of life, the Word of God, it puts a reality into my heart. I accept it as true, and then I declare and act as though it's so a dynamic starts happening, and we're going to see it right here as we get ready to close. In Mark 11, and if you're ever going to teach on faith, sometime you're going to cross over this scripture. Jesus taught the disciples how to deal with stuff that wasn't lining up and wasn't the way that He wanted it, and He basically gave us the conditions of living by faith. You with me? What you need to realize is you're as in good standing with God as you're ever going to get. Somebody, now, if you're saved, somebody might go, oh, great, I'm in trouble. No, you're, you're thinking wrong. You've picked up a bad habit. You with me? You're, you've picked up a bad habit. You with me? You need to realize you are in good standing by faith and trust, not deeds. You know, when, if you're thinking wrong, you're going to think, when I get to heaven, man, I'm going to get the hammer. Yeah, I'll get in. I'm saved. But I'm going to get the hammer. No, you're living wrong. You're living wrong. As a matter of fact, the Bible says when you get to heaven, all your works will be tried by fire, and the ones that aren't of God are just going to be burned up, and then you're not going to get rewarded in those areas for eternity, but you'll get in, totally. And it doesn't say you're going to get the hammer. You get the match. Everybody does. Poof. I said this the other day at prayer, that it's interesting that, that when we get to heaven, or the discussions about heaven and getting to heaven, there's a term that's used for people who know the Lord. And he looks to see if you're in the Lamb's book of life. And the interesting thing is it doesn't say the Jesus book of life or the saved book of life or the saved people book. It says the Lamb's book. Why is it important that he had to say the Lamb's book? Because the Lamb was shed to remove all guilt, all shame, all wrongdoing to make you... We looked at a scripture that said holy, blameless, beyond reproach in his sight by that blood of the Lamb. Holy, he made you that way. To present you that way. He presents you holy, blameless, beyond reproach. In other words, nobody can get up and accuse you. Why? Because his blood cleansed you. That's why it's called the book of the Lamb. The Lamb's book. Because the Lamb was shed, died to present you a certain way. 
So we need to realize we enter this life by faith. We're clean, so we're qualified by faith. We walk by faith, but we need to continue by faith. We, we walk in victory by faith. Jesus overcame temptation the same way. He believed what was written and he spoke it. He believed it. He didn't just speak to speak because he heard somebody say speak. He believed it. And because he believed it, he accepted it. And he was familiar with Scripture. We need to be. And like I said, you've got to look in the book. And be careful you don't pick up any bad habits and look at all your own failures. But look at everything he paid for. And realize he qualified you to partake of all those things. You with me? One thing about the Christian life that is so wild is once you're born again, I can look at all of you, but I can't see what he's dealing with you about inside. you got to deal with that with him. You with me? There's that personal side. But the fact of the matter is we're all to live by faith and we can make mountains move, we can overcome things just like Jesus overcame temptation. And we're going to close right here in Mark eleven twenty three 23 about how to live by faith. And so we need to be people who look at the Word and realize we're qualified, we're accepted by His work, by His blood, but we need to be careful when we're reading not to go back under a works mentality. Now, if he says do something, we should do it because we trust him. Because we're different than we once were. We've been freed. We should have faith. We should trust and declare I'm free to live a different kind of life. And when I believe that, not just to say it, but because his word said it and it's so, and we really do believe those things, a, a dynamic will happen called faith. And, and as we do that, power is released. Power that is backed by God. Notice this in Mark eleven twenty three. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says, Peter said, anybody who lives by faith is going to have to say some stuff. We started this spiritual life by saying something, Jesus, you're my Lord. But not just saying it, but believing it. It wasn't fancy. It wasn't like I had to have big faith. I just believed it, said it, and some dynamic started working. He said, whoever would say to this mountain or this problem, be removed and be cast into the sea. That's the first thing, say. Say it. And don't doubt in his heart, but believes. What does he believe? What is it you believe? Well, I believe this and I believe that. Here's what he tells you you got to believe. And the basis of your believing is always connected to what he said. So you got to believe what he said, but you got to believe what you say. But what is it that you got to believe if we're going to live this life by faith as the glorious church. But you believe that those things that proceed out of your mouth, the things that he says, what? What are you believing? That they will be done. That means they're not done when you say them, but you believe. Remember, when you say, Jesus be my Lord, when you entered this spiritual life, we're to continue this way. 
just like you believed you'd be saved and he did the work. And you didn't say, come on, Lord, what's your problem? No, you believed it and you said it and it worked and it started working and it happened. And here he said, but believes that those things he says will be done. You believe in the words you speak that they come to pass. He said then he will have whatever he says. And in this case, it's changing circumstances in life. If, if we're going to be the glorious church, we're going to be a faith church. And we are the glorious church. And I don't know about you, but when you, know, when you got saved, you got a new name. And people will say, oh, you're a believer? Then that means you believe. He didn't say, you believed, you are a believer, so we believe, and therefore we begin to declare. As you do, you'll notice your words have power. When they're heart words, sincere words based on truths that have been laid out in the Word. I'm clean. Your head might be gone. You remember what you did the other day? But, but I'm clean by His work. Remember what you did the other day? I'm clean by His words. You know what's happening? That mountain is being moved out of the way. Guilt is having to go. And it works that way in every area. The just, the ones who have been made right, will live by faith.